Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray Heron, great to have you along. If this is the first podcast you've listened to, or the first one in ages, make sure you hit that like button, uh, like, comment, subscribe, they say, uh, and share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours. That would be outstanding. Uh, joining me with this uh, for the show, somebody we haven't heard of an awful lot this year. It's the one and only Matthew Day Gillett. G'day, Matt. How you doing? Yeah, good, good, then. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a busy year, hasn't it? Um, or just a year where I've been hiding under a rock, looking after small toddlers that take up too much of my time. Man, you and I did this podcast together for a year before the COVID thing kicked off, and since COVID kicked off in what was it, March 2020. I just feel like blink and you miss basically two years of your life. Pretty much. Like I've had a second, like our, my second kid was born the week before the first lockdown. So yeah, it's been a blink and miss thing for me anyway. Um, but definitely not been doing the kind of um, riding I expected I'd be doing at this point in my career or my life in general. Yeah, a lot of things have sort of been thrown out of whack. Um, but hey, we're here now, we're together through the magic of the internet and we're having a yarn, so let's kick into it, talk about motorbikes instead of uh, the perils of children. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to dive into some news a little bit later in the show. Uh, we've got a little, lot of news going on, both from uh, onthrottle.co.nz and motonz.com. But um, since you and I haven't really caught up since our moto camping expedition uh, towards the end of summer, I think it's about time we, we caught up on a few things that are happening around the traps and let's start with your bike um i understand there's a few additions you've changed some tires talk us through rosie the rally yes i've done a bit of faffing around since um we last saw each other not actually a hell of a lot of riding to be honest um if i'm lucky i would have done 400 k since getting back from that trip um but what i have done i've um i briefly had a 13 tooth front sprocket and decided i hated it and uh, replaced it with the factory 14 tooth again. Uh, swapped out my tyres uh, because after we did the 42 Traverse, my uh, Shinko Adventure tyres were very close to the end of their life and sort of trying to be prepared for the winter and everything. And with shortages everywhere, I sort of jumped on organising a new set. So I now have a set of Michelin trackers. Um, I'm calling them Michelin tractors because um, they got a lot more grip than I'm used to. In the dirt, at least on the road. Um, what are they? Uh, are they an adventure tire? Are they more knobbly or? Oh, very knobbly. They're definitely sort of. They're a dual sport tire, bordering on a full enduro tire. They're road legal, uh, but it'll be really, really interesting to see how they last. Um, they, I think I measured the. Uh, tr- tr- I think I measured the tread at about eleven mil, front and rear, um, on the centre line. So it'll be interesting to see how long they last with the amount of road Ks I do. But off-road, they are incredible. On-road, they're pretty average, but they're full knobbly. And I, like I said, I've done bugger all Ks. Like, they're barely scrubbed in. Um, what else have I done? I've done uh, a B&B bash plate. Um, I had a couple of big rocks when we did the 42 Traverse and finally decided that it was time I invested in some underbody protection for the bike, especially with my custom sump plug in there. Um, so, yeah, did that. And... Uh, Last but not least, um, I'm rocking a very stylish sheepskin now to try and alleviate the pain in the butt that is riding my bike because it's not a comfortable bike. Um, So yeah, I've got the sheepskin on there. I haven't actually road tested it yet. Um, All my uh, riding plans lately have been thrown out of whack by sick kids and uh, sick family and all that. So um, yeah, not a lot of riding on Rosie the Rally, but I have done some riding. 
And you've got a, uh, a schnazzy new bash plate. Tell us about that. What brand is it? Yes, it's um, from Australia. It's a B&B off-road bash plate. Um, really solid. A little disappointing in the fact that it came with no instructions. Like you sort of had to fumble your way through it. It would have saved me about 10, 15 minutes if it came with some instructions. Also could have probably done with some um, washers for the front bolts. They sort of slot straight through the um, aluminium. And they don't have a washer there and I kind of figure like, mm, yeah, yeah, it's going to hold, but it could probably be a bit better. Other than that, love it. It is so sturdy and solid um, compared to the plastic that used to be down there. Uh, so I just need to start doing some gnarly stuff to actually um, make the investment worth it. It was about, oh, I got in just before their price rise kicked in. They upped their prices by about 10%. So I think I paid about 260 or 280 for it. Um, so a bit of chunk of change for me, but um, a worthy investment, I'm sure. Nice. Uh, a few um, additions and, and bits and pieces on the T7 since we last spoke. Um, yeah. We uh, Obviously we went on that uh, motor camping trip, which you can check out the video on both of our YouTube channels. Uh, my one is um, uh, Moto NZ, if you want to search that out. And yours, Matt, on throttle? On throttle.co.nz uh, on the YouTubes. Um, and, and one of the guys that we went uh, on that trip with was Doug, and Doug rode the Africa Twin, the big beast, the um, was a CRF1000L, something like that. Yep, yep that's, that's it. it. Um, and, and it's something that he had on that trip. He had, his, he had everything packed into it. He had the Moscow Moto 40-litre duffel, which um, you know had his, his, all his riding gear and his clothes and his um, eating, cooking gear and everything packed in there and his tent as well it had cool like strapping points to it as well it did it had a lot um, of tie down points it was expandable and it opened at both ends so i thought i'd look into that uh and i spoke with the team at moscow moto in the states and they said hey we'll send you a 40 liter duffel uh and um we'd also like to send you a uh, a nomax tank bag so they Ooh. sent me those bits and pieces which i've been testing out on the t7 lately and it's been um it's been a bit of an eye-opener because I've never run a tank bag before. Um, ah. I've, seen, I've seen your tank bag, which is kind of like a... It's a bag that you open up and you could get like a DSLR in there, right? It's a big a cavernous yep. space. And the difference between something like that and the Moscow Moto Nomax is it's more like a Rolodex, like a, a filing area. You know, you've got three or four different Ooh. pockets that you open up and every inside every big pocket is small little compartments to put things. Oh, it sounds very handy for like more knick-knacky things, not sort of big bulky items. Yeah, so I've been like using it for microphones and, and cameras and cables and GoPro accessories and all of that sort of stuff, which has been real handy. Um, but then I, I stopped in at the supermarket on the way home the other day and I managed to get two 1.5 litre Cokes and the uh, expandable, um, uh, they call it the beaver tail. So That sounds cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. a photo of this because in my head it looks very, very bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, there's photos and, and, and stuff. My first look is up at uh, On Throttle. No, it's not. It's up at uh, MotoNZ.com <laughs> now. Um, oh. But the other thing that I picked up was the... Uh, Camel ADV high mount exhaust and muffler setup. Um, so we've talked about it before, Matt, and I've, I, I don't shut up about it on the YouTubes. That the, the factory exhaust all, hanger, all, all social media. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The um, factory exhaust hanger for the T7 is is a weak point, and and I've bent the exhaust a few times. I've been lucky that I haven't done any major damage to the swing arm. 
Um, yep. So I looked into uh, a high mount exhaust and a replacement muffler, which I managed to pick up from uh, Camel ADV, and it probably took me about half an hour to install. So it was quite a simple process. Was it really that short? It seemed like longer when we were talking on the uh, on the group chat, but I suppose you're probably spending a lot of time talking to us and taking pictures rather than actually installing it, weren't you? Yeah, a lot of time, you know, moving GoPros and, and, and filming it and... Um, the, the scariest part, though, is that you have to mark and cut the factory hanger. So I did that. I had a single tear roll down my cheek as I was cutting it off with the Dremel. But yeah, so there's photos up at, um, at uh, motoNZ.com and, of course, all over um, Instagram as well. So if you want to check those out, uh, quite like the Camel ADV exhaust. It's very loud. I'm getting my full bogan <laughs> and hooligan on. Your neighbours must love you. Yeah, I'm being very, very careful about not annoying the neighbours with that big burly exhaust. What does sound fantastic though, so I've been, I worked out the other day, I've been riding a CP2 engine for the best part of 10 years. Uh, this is my first loud exhaust on a CP2 engine and it does sound good. Mm, it's got this, do. It's got this wicked kind of snarly burble thing on, like, I want to say, well, it's on well, deceleration. It's a 270 degree crank, isn't it? Like, it's basically the same firing interval as the V-twin. Um, they just sound really good. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you roll off the throttle, it's got this... <laughs> so that's quite cool. But that's pretty much all that's been happening with um, with the T7 of late. You've been out riding some some Royal Enfields lately. I think we brought the episode of your classic 350 experience to the listeners, but tell us about uh, your Royal Enfields and what you've been doing with them. I did a story for uh, the New Zealand Herald's Driven magazine, who I'm back um, on board with after COVID-enforced basically two-year hiatus of motorcycle content and uh, I rocked up to the local Royal Enfield dealership and one thing led to another and I ended up getting hold of um, some Royal Enfields. So yeah, I rode the Classic 350 and for a slow bike, it is not a fast bike in any sense of the word, I loved that bike. It, like, And I know I'm the joke is I'm the small capacity engine guy. Like That thing has a bigger engine than my bike and it has more torque than my bike. Tops out at 110 sort of thing, but man, it was just such a lovely experience. Like even now I'm sort of thinking back to it and it's you just get on it and it burbles away and it was just so much fun. Um, ah, it's a yeah, it's a very very strange experience, sort of especially as a experienced rider getting on something like that, which is clearly aimed at someone like an urban commuter or a beginner rider, and just how much fun I had on it. But when I took that back, um, I ended up picking up the Continental GT Cafe Racer, the 650. And man, those 650 twins, like for your money, you're what, about under 12 grand brand new uh, for a Continental GT or the Interceptor 650. And it's a hell of a bike. Um, I ended up having to do a uh, impromptu road trip. Um, I did about 1,000 Ks on that bike. Um, had to go down to Masterton um, for a family emergency and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's... Um, and if you're going that far, why not take the test bike that you've got I know it was either take the test bike or take the blue turd which is what I call my wife's Mazda Demio and um, I figured taking New Zealand's most stolen car down to Masterton was probably not the best idea um, when I could take um, the Royal Enfield 
uh, with permission because normally uh, when it comes to test bikes you're encouraged to not put on too many k's because they have to sell them as x demos later um, but i called up the boys at urban moto imports and said look this is the situation can i take the bike instead of taking my wife's horrible car and they said yeah go nuts <laughs> um, so um yeah i was really grateful for that and man having a blast um particularly vinegar hill um, on that bike through the tight twisties and um, so this bike had a couple of accessories on it and I am working on a review story it's just taking me forever but it had a couple of accessories that had the touring seat so it didn't have the big sort of cafe race uh, hunchback seat that locks you in one position uh, it was more of a bench seat it was surprisingly comfortable um, and um, yeah, it had some SNS pipes on it um, and I'm not normally a fan of loud pipes either um, I sort of think they add a bit too much wank factor a lot of the time and bring a bit too much attention which may have done in the middle of the masterton a couple of times um but other than that like man just that bike's on power it's what 50 horsepower thereabouts it's not a huge amount of power but it was perfectly balanced um and i did a few silly things on it i took it um onto the access road for tukino ski field um and had a blast out in the dirt there uh, also took it down to a campsite and some gravel roads and that and for a cafe racer it was brilliant if the wife would allow me and if i had the money sitting aside um i would seriously consider getting one of those as a second bike like it was just lovely and i can see why the royal enfields are so popular like they've got such the people that get onto them and sort of get into enfields they're sort of the same sort of emotional attachment like the harley guys or the triumph guys or the beamer guys um they've got a real solid community there which i think is a big selling point that um, a lot of people miss out on when they sort of look at the infields and go oh made in uh, india or oh, only x horsepower yeah the community's there and it's great do you find riding a bike with a loud exhaust as i've been doing lately and you did with your your continental gt do you find that it, it affects how you ride do you do, do you feel Sometimes, not all the time, but in sometimes way? Is like, it, there's a little bit of hooligan that comes out. A little bit. Um, I find that I'm very, very conscious in suburbia, which is where I live. Um, I'm very conscious and I'm really trying to keep off the throttle and keep it change up, like shift early and stuff just to keep it as quiet as possible. Uh, but out in the boonies, yeah, just let it rip. Um, yeah, it was Oh man, that Conti sounded so good. Um, like parallel twin, twin pipes, uh, fully on song. Only got annoying by um, so riding riding down from Cambridge, and it's only got I think an eleven or twelve liter fuel tank. So I had to fuel up once or twice on the way, um, and yeah, sort of turn and burn. <laughs> um, and uh, oh yeah, I lo- I love that bike. Like I'd love to have a go on the. Uh, the interceptor the more upright version to see how comfortable that is um but for a cafe racer um and doing a thousand k's in two days um yeah the conti gt was far from a miserable experience which um yeah I, i'm struggling to put into words in writing <laughs> which is the hard point like how do you the whole gt thing is grand tourer but you see it on everything from like a prius to a um <laughs> like cafe racer um they're definitely not really tourers but it did the job hey another bike that you and i have both ridden uh since we last spoke is the harley davidson sportster s and i've only just put it on our list of things to talk about but let's have a conversation Uh. about that you got the uh the lovely pearl white model to ride and i rode the uh the midnight black one i definitely think the white one i rode was better looking than the black one yeah i'm just gonna put that out there straight away i think the white one it photographed better 
for you and I who don't sell P or um, <laughs> affiliate with gangs at all, the white would be a better choice. I think you'll see more out there in black. Oh, yeah, but um, people buy black motorcycles because they think it's cool. Um, and I'm not putting anyone's choice of colour down there, but, um, yeah, for me, I'd prefer a bike that's different from the crowd um, and isn't just a black block. That black one I had was impossible to keep clean. Mm, yeah, that's why I like white vehicles. White vehicles, they can be utterly filthy and they only look slightly dirty. But let's talk about that that sports Darius. Um, so obviously a slightly detuned version of the of the Revolution Max engine. Did you actually feel it was detuned at all? Because it certainly didn't feel detuned to me. No. It felt like no. it was a flyer. Uh, that Rev Max engine's awesome. When I say detuned, I think detuned is, is probably the wrong description for that engine because it's, it's more like moving the torque to a more usable part of the rev range because in an yeah, uh, adventure bike you're always yeah the torque comes in lower and it's got slightly less peak power is what i remember off the top of my head yeah in an adventure bike you're always at the top end of the revs we're on a on that bike you're in town you're always you know mid to lower end of the revs uh, that engine's phenomenal like utter game changer i'm really looking forward to the nightster the slightly smaller capacity version to see what that's like because um, I think yeah. that really opens up a lot of opportunities for Harley. Uh, what did you think of the handling, um, particularly the shock absorbers in the rear? It was a bit of a roller coaster for me, that bike, because I picked it up and I went, holy crap, this handles like a pig. And then I went through a couple of sunny days riding it and went, you know, I'm kinda, I kind of get this. It, it's, it's a lovely sunny day bike. And then on the way home from work one day, I rode through what, five minutes before had been a passing shower so i never got rained on but the roads were wet and i'm riding along going where's all this water coming from and i'm getting showered in in rain but it's not raining and i had what felt like a jet ski's rooster tail coming off the front tire coming over my head i was just getting drenched from spray coming off the road and from that point i hated the bike and i went what is the point in this motorcycle <laughs> and i think i even put in my review it's a hero bike don't meet your heroes it looks fantastic <laughs> but not long after that it was a sunny day and i went for a ride to check out and i did a video on it in fact um i checked out the new transmission gully so i went up the old state highway one and i ended up doing paikakariki hill road which from our boy racer days matt you've probably done before um i put the thing in all out <laughs> not as a boy racer unfortunately <laughs> i put the thing in all out sport I've done, it on, I've done it on rosie the 250 oh, okay well i put i put the pan, the um the sportster in all out sport mode instantly felt my arms get longer like you forget riding it around town at the speed limit how brutal that engine can be with under acceleration and so yeah i i finished my time riding the bike incredibly torn because it's not practical it handles like a pig but the engine's amazing and it looks great yeah it's you gotta spend a bit of money on it like i found the um it doesn't have enough like it's definitely the look bike it's like you say the not practical um you have to spend money extra money to get a pillion kit and get pillion pegs pillion seat the rear shocks don't have any travel to them like they've got basically an inch of travel and I found that brutal going over um, sort of 
bumpy bits of road. I did Transmission Gully, a brand new stretch of highway, 27 kilometres long, 27, 17, something like that anyway. I had to stop for a break at the other end because my, my tailbone had gone numb. Yeah, like it's, you, oh, you could either back off the preload and have it a bit more spongy, but you'd be completely using that um, suspension travel or you firm it up more and ride it like a hardtail and absolutely destroy yourself it's a really conflicting bike but that's why i like why they've sort of that was the jumping off point it was the attention grabber it's done what it's meant to do it's showcased look this engine can go in a cruiser but yeah there's definitely going to be more like personally i absolutely loathe that front wheel i hate big chunky sort of bobber front wheels um i think they should all be thrown in the bin and burned um because yeah, dynamically they just they're so heavy you you miss out on a lot of the joys of motorcycling I find anyway and that's just a personal thing um, but now we've obviously got the Nightster which has a more traditional skinny front wheel um, I think it's a, a 19 or so um, instead of a 14 or 16 with massive rubber um, yeah so the, it's the one the sports dress is the starting point for the new Sportster family they killed all the cool um, air-cooled bikes um, and so we're going to see a whole family grow up around this bike and it's probably going to fall out of favour at some point just because they're going to I anticipate anyway they're going to bring out far better bikes around it to support it that said or I could just be full of shit no I, I, I don't <laughs> think you're wrong um, and and even you know when we first got the tease image of the Sportster S uh, and you picked it was a Sportster from just a, a side profile of a section of the tank. <laughs> like, let's 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 point out that you you know what you're on about when it comes to this sort of stuff. So I don't think you're wrong, but I I think the Sportster S, if you're into that sort of bike, is the bike you would have that you would only ride on a sunny Sunday afternoon with the mates to go get some fish and chips and a beer or on a you know a poker run or a yeah, it's a fun blast weekend bike. It's not a Definitely not a bike you daily or do a tour on or anything. Not in its factory trim anyway. And like that's half the fun of Harley's is modifying them and doing things to them. So it, it wouldn't be hard to slap a new set of rear shocks on it. It wouldn't be hard to chuck the pillion kit on it or a touring kit. Um, one thing about the styling that I find a bit extra controversial for me, I don't know if it's for you, um, the headlight, how it went for that, I think it's Fat Bob, Fat Bob, the flat LED headlight instead of the traditional circle, circular headlight of that every sports has ever had since the 50s. Um, and I found that probably the biggest sin um, because like it was a huge departure from everything else. And to me, it just didn't look quite right. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, my wife actually dropped me off at the bike shop to pick it up. I picked it up from um, from Mutter Mart in Lower Hutt, my, and it was parked right out front. It was about 8.35 in the morning, so it was the only bike there. And she goes, oh, yep. God, I hope you're not bringing that bike home. <laughs> and it, it was that bike. Yeah, see, my my wife loved it. My wife thought it was great. Um, and, yeah, she, my wife likes a cruiser. Like That's the style that appeals to her. Your kids thought it was great, too. It was low enough for them to climb on. Oh, they climb up on Rosie. That's the thing that scares me. I'm going to have to start locking the office. Um, yeah, the kids loved it. They, um, what was it, two or three times I found my two-year-old daughter, Izzy, um, sitting fully astride it on top of the tank, slapping on the buttons, and I was just going, oh, God, child, don't put it into, like, 
immobilizer mode like jeez because then i'd yeah i'd be a bit stuffed i'm gonna tell you what that, you just reminded me something there immobilizer mode that's something that i've noticed with pretty much every harley i've had lately uh we've had the pan america i had the um well the sports duress we've just talked about and the sport glide is they all come with that factory immobilizer and alarm system that doesn't have a siren it's 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 got to be the most useless siren system in the world because you they used to have sirens yeah what was it 20 i want to say 2016 17 and then after that they like just stopped um so it's an optional extra siren to it now and so if somebody's walking away with your bike it's flashing going help me help me somebody's stealing (laughs) me but it doesn't want to make noise i remember doing an iron run with harley australia i think it was the one we went down to queenstown um i can't remember that was probably the second one i did with them and um because they're the keyless key fobs and we just chuck them in the panniers and don't worry about it sort of thing um and one of the key fobs broke (laughs) and we didn't know and then we went to get the bike going and it just made a hell of a racket and we're sitting inside this cafe going oh my god this is so embarrassing as the spike screaming its lungs out outside and we're like i think there was like a harley branded van with us as well like clearly people that know what they're doing and it was just a bit a bit embarrassing um the sandwiches were good at the cafe though um but yeah mobilizers and security systems i get it like harley's uh, a very desirable bike and there are a lot of low lives out there that would if they got heavy but you've got to have more than just a little flashing light going help me help me yeah well i think it's (laughs) one of those things that possibly it's been the result of um and like i might be talking out my ass here but i seem to remember harley saying or someone from harley saying it was a result of talking to owners and the owners found them just too much of a pain in the butt because they were just so sensitive. Um, I remember when the 48 first came out, my dad had a mate who had one and literally sort of a truck rolling down the road would set it off or a loud noise. And we were at the beach shop in Whangamataa at the time and this thing was just constantly chirping away to the point where it was going to run its battery flat. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, Chain your bike down to the floor, you can do everything, but if someone really wants your bike, they're going to take it in the end anyway, aren't they? So... All right, so time is marching on. Let's uh, got a couple more things on our list to talk about. Um, there's one more bike that is on our list that we're not going to talk about. I've decided because it hasn't happened yet. Uh, but there's a little teaser. I got a long-term bike on the way. Hasn't arrived yet. Was hoping I was going to get that last week. Um, but Matt, you and I have both had uh, a chance lately um, to test out the Freecom, the Cardo Freecom X4. Um, yep. So let's uh, let's compare notes on that. Give us your thoughts uh, on it. All right, let me just grab mine down so I can fiddle with it in my hand. Right, the X4. Yeah. Now this is yeah. um, this is Cardo's mid-range offering. So uh, if you haven't already, go to motoNZ.com or onthrottle.co.nz. Check out the Cardo range uh, that we've done stories on. You've got the uh, the Spirit, the Spirit HD, the Freecom 2X, the Freecom 4X. Then you've got your Pack Talk Bold and Slim, and the brand new Pack Talk Edge. So Matt, you and I both got a Freecom 4X. Yes, big thanks to Derby Accessories for um, giving them to us to test as well. The first thing um, I'll say before we dive into it is, since trying out the 4X, I have not put my own, and I paid for one of them, uh, Pack Talk Bold back on the helmet. Yep. 
yeah, they're just next level, aren't they? Sort of. I've been the same. If I've like, I've got my packed walk bold, um, which was also a test unit from Derby Accessories. It sits on my adventure helmet, um, but I put this. I replaced um, the Senna 50s um, on my HJC uh, road helmet, and basically that helmet's been my go-to since I put it on. Um, just it seems it does everything better. It does to me personally. I think the audio quality and um when you're talking to someone on the phone and stuff um how people hear you is far better on the 4x than it is on the, the pack taught bold um the sound quality seems better the voice commands actually work i don't have to put on a silly accent to make voice commands work which i always struggled with the pack taught bold and, and I, I like the I design better. played with the voice commands on the 4x but the pack taught bold i never had a problem with um, one thing, though, that needs to be blatantly obvious to everyone, I think, is that when you're using, let's take intercom function, for example, with the PackTalk Bold, we're talking you yep. and I, PackTalk to PackTalk, it's fine, it's got good range, but it does sound like it's coming down a phone line a little bit. You know, when you talk to Nana and, mm. and the other end of the country and she, she sounds a little bit like that all the time, right? Yeah. yeah, where these four um, X's, in fact, the entire current generation, the Spirit X, the Freecom X, uh, and the Edge, have what I'm calling wideband audio. So it's more like the quality you receive over a Zoom call, like we're doing right now, where yeah. it's not crystal clear audio file audio, but you've got some high, some mid, some treble, some bass, and it's less fatiguing yeah. on the ear after a full day ride. Like I've not been able to do since receiving the 4x i've not been able to do any group rides um because uh, ben the traitor moved to adventure island um and left me up here um i haven't been able to catch up with doug to go for a ride um so i've just been using this by myself for music and pod listening to podcasts and um i've been doing a lot of phone calls but it's great for music right oh the speakers it's real good for music yeah well um in my i was using this on my uh impromptu road trip to masterton um and with it being the nature of the trip it was um, I was on the phone quite a lot barely used any battery I got down I still had I think 50% battery and I hadn't plugged it in or anything or maybe it was sort of 30% battery still had heaps of battery life left in it anyway I'd done heaps of phone calls talked to mum and dad um, talked to um, the people that were hosting me my uh, grandparents-in-law even talked to my uh, younger brother and stuff you rang me at one stage and they most yeah i did and most people were sort of t talking to me going um i'll oh, see so driving down i go no i'm on a motorbike and they're like really and i go yeah and i just pulled the clutch in and rev the nuts off the bike and they go oh wow you are and yeah just that quality and i know it's an argument that comes up every time i sort of put it out on social media is like, I don't want to talk to people on my when I'm on my bike and that and that's fine for some people but I find it very handy to not have to pull my helmet off pull my phone out to make a phone call or pull over or anything like that like there are times when making a phone call is a pain in the ass unless you've got one of these doodads yeah so that's something that pops up every now and then when we post you know reviews of this kind of gear on um, social media is there's that type of ki kiwi rider who who the only music they want is the sound of their thumping four or their Harley or their, their, their twin, whatever they're riding. Yeah, they say they ride to escape from that sort of thing. And like, that's fine, but... That's fine for them. I personally yeah. find that this enhances this. I'm holding it. It's not, you know, a podcast, you can't see me. <laughs> the Cardos enhance my riding uh, experience 
not only for trips where I'm riding to catch up with you and then we connect the cardos and we can yarn while we ride, but on yep. my daily commute, you know, I'm listening to podcasts or I, I even use these to record audio for the podcast, and you've probably heard that before. And I think the mm. audio that, that I use to record with these sounds way better than anything I've previously used, be that anything from another brand uh, intercom or the Pack Talk Bold even. Mm. And I actually find that an interesting um, thing, that, that Cardo is selling still the Pack Talk Bold as well as the new Edge, which sits above that in the line. Yeah, well, I was talking to Doug the other day on the phone. He um, was swinging past on his way to the Moto Guzzi Tiki Tour. Um, and unfortunately, I had a house full of sickness and um, said, um, yeah, you don't want to stop over here for a coffee, mate, because uh, we'll give you the plague. Uh, not the actual plague, but yeah, nasty cough. Um, but he was on his Pack Talk Bold and noticeably different. Like, I don't want to say degraded, it's old generation tech compared to the new um, 4Xs and the Edge and everything, but it sounded noticeably different. And I've got them both sort of in my hands right now. That's a good idea. You keep talking. I'm going to grab my, my Pack Talk bowl. Yeah, all right. Well, right, while Ray's wandering off into his garage to pull stuff out. So I've got, in my left hand, I've got my Pack Talk bowl, um, which is your traditional Cardo design shape and everything. And then I've got the Pack Talk, not the Pack Talk, the Freecom in my right. Also known as, pre previously was known as the Scala Pack talk yes um but it's a good what centimeter or so smaller in terms of length and the scroll wheel instead of instead of being on sort of the top surface the side surface i guess you'd call it of the um like, like the pack talk it's a lower scroller um mounted on the bottom of the unit sort of like the centers do um which for me like i actually find that a much more intuitive design i reach up with my hand um and my thumb is sort of the digit I use to try and adjust things because it's sort of it's easier to find. Oh, I agree. Actually, looking at at the Pack Talk Bold, the Pack Talk Edge, and Freecom 4X, that roller wheel underneath is a lot easier to find with your thumb, uh, and a lot, a lot easier. Yeah, especially when you're wearing gloves. When, when you <laughs> click it. That's your stop music button, like you can pause your music with it. Oh. And so that's, I find that a lot easier. See, I've been pushing that front button to try and do that. Okay, so the front button is next track. If you double click the front button, it's back track. And if you click the, the wheel, that pauses your music. So if you pull up at your petrol station. I can tell you've read the instructions. Oh, no, well, <laughs> yes and no. Like, I've been using it. That's what I've been using it for. So and I'll, you're a daily rider as well. I'll pull up at work and, and somebody will want to talk to me and I'll just have to quickly go, hang on click what was that what oh oh you want to get in the garage you know worries you know stuff like that or you'll go to the yep. petrol station instead of turning pulling your phone out to hit pause click that wheel so you can go in and pay or talk to the, the person at the petrol station or whatever um so if you're looking at the face of it you've got three buttons then you've got your wheel at the bottom this is the um the freecom 4x the front button on your left hand side is your your play and your next track button the top button is your intercom connect button and the back button or the right hand side is your phone connect button so what i've found is i can click that and that activates siri and i can say hey hey i'm not going to say it because <laughs> you'll have it hey you <laughs> um you know play this playlist off spotify or hey you uh, ring this person from my phone book and I find that that, it, that works really really well yeah uh, but let's let's also bring into the the mix here the um, the pack talk edge the brand spanking new device which has only been 
in the public arena for the best part of a month. So this somehow we've got our hands on them. I know. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know how that happened. Uh, well, I do actually. No, um, thanks very much. You know, it's who you know. <laughs> thanks very much. Yeah. Derby accessories, <laughs> motorgear.co.nz. Yeah. Right. So this is the. Oh, I dropped it. Good thing it's waterproof. Didn't drop it into my glass of water. Um, so the Freecom 4X mid-range unit. Pack Talk Edge is the top dog, the big kahuna, the uh, latest and greatest, isn't it, Ray? Yeah, so it used to it used to top out with the Pack Talk bold and slim units. They used to be the top dogs. And they came out in 2015. They were the best of the best. Now, they're still going to be supported. They're still going to be sold by, by Cardo. Um, and they're still going to get, uh, you know, updates, software updates and that sort of stuff, which is quite cool. The big difference between the Pack Talk bold and the Pack Talk Edge, the Bold has a little flip-up uh, antenna. The Edge has a built-in antenna, no flip-up. They've gone with the same design language of that kind of sweeping kind of uh, C for Cardo. The button layout is pretty much the same between the Bold and the Edge. You've got uh, three buttons on the face of it, the front one being the play-pause, top one being... Um, intercom connect bottom one being phone connect and then you've got this roller wheel which uh, doubles as a click which uh, much the same as the freecom x if you click it that's your music pause button um, or your back button or whatever you want to whatever depending on what function you're in you've got uh, 1600 meters range 1.6 kilometers uh, you've got oh a big big um, update or implementation mat and a lot of people have been asking questions about it, is the ear mount. Um, so you've got this. Yes, because you've actually had yours um, for, a, what, the weekend? You got yours on Friday. We're recording this on a Monday. Mine literally just arrived today in the pouring rain. Um, so it's already been water tested. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm just, I'm, I just tried to put the um, Cardo on my uh, MacBook, which is uh, alloy, and uh, the magnets are in the back of the Cardo, so don't do that. I'm just going to grab my helmet, which has, <laughs> which has the mounting plate on and it. Ray goes off to rummage around in his garage once again. Okay, so I've got my helmet here, the um, Arrow Commander, which I had to buy incidentally after our last trip where I damaged my. Um, yeah my other one so the the big question that i've that i've had from people is the edge the the ear mount the magnetic ear mount for the edge is it solid or am i going to brush up against a, a tree or something and, the, and it's going to come off off my helmet yeah i can categorically say that there is not coming off your helmet and i know this because when i did my install video on this helmet i clipped the edge to its mounting plate and i couldn't get it off and i had to read <laughs> the instructions to work out how to get it off so here so how do you so, get it off tell me here is the edge and here's the mounting plate i know people listening to the podcast can't see but i got the mounting plate on the helmet and I, I hover the control unit over the mounting plate and did you hear that? Yeah. It's solid. Good bit of ASMR for people. One more time, ready? Like that sucks Whoa. in with some decent magnetic force. And that is not coming off. It's a nice slimline design. Yeah, it still sticks out, sticks out on the side of the helmet, but it's, you know, it's there. It's You've got something on your helmet. It's never going to be flat. Yeah. Now to release, there's a little lever at the front of the mounting plate, which you have to push back, and then you slide the edge control unit forward and it just pops off. So on the mounting plate, there's a couple of little spring-loaded clips that when the magnets suck it in, they clip into place and it's not going Oh, that's cool. Oh, I love that sound. And then push the lever in, glide the thing forward, and that's it off. 
it's great. I love that I can just go, you know, with gloves on and not even having yeah. to look at the side of my helmet, it's on. Yeah, because that is the thing with the um, Freecom and the Talk is they're a bit tricky to pull off uh, when you are wearing gloves, aren't they? They can be, yeah. I mean, I've got the Talk in front of me now as well, and, and you've got to get the front of the Talk into the mount into a little tooth, a tooth into a little hole, and then you've got to really kind of put some pressure on it for the clip at the back to clip in. And if you don't get that right, it could fall, you could think you've got it and it falls off your helmet. And, and, and it yeah. is a possibility. Um, so it's just a, it's, it, that's an innovation. And I like that they've put some thought into that. Um, so yeah, I mean, what else have we got to talk about on the Talk Edge? Uh, it's waterproof. It's not IP67 rated. The Talk Bold is IP67 rated. Um, Cardo is saying that the Edge is is waterproof. It's not rated, but if it dies due to water ingress, they'll replace it on warranty. There'll be no questions asked. Cool. Um, so oh, that's good. It is waterproof. It has the air mount. It's got DMC, Dynamic Mesh Communication, second gen. So they've reworked that um, algorithm. It's got. Yep. That's what's in the Freecoms too, isn't it? Yes. No. Yes. And no. 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 No, the Freecoms don't have DMC. The Freecoms have uh, live intercom. Um, so it's so the Freecom 4 is four-way live sound, live connection. Um, and I don't have anything to back this up, but I'm, I think that that is more your 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi kind of signal than DMC. Uh-huh. Uh, but don't quote me on that. I don't, I don't, I'm not... I'm not a genius when it comes to how this sort of stuff works. <laughs> All I know is looking at the boxes, we've got live intercom on the on the Freecom, and we've got DMC second gen on the Cardo Edge. Nice. Uh, but we also have un- uh, universal Bluetooth intercom, universal Bluetooth, which is a fancy way of saying if you use your second phone or GPS channel, you can connect yep. to a center. Ah, should be easier than all of the faffing about we've done in the past. Well, we, we have faffed around in the past and I never really looked into it. And, and I know now how easy it is to do. You can connect the um, the Talk Bold or the Talk Edge or the Freecoms, anything that has two Bluetooth channels to a center or under other Bluetooth intercom. Then the final thing that I think we need to mention on the Talk Edge uh, as well as the Freecoms is over-the-air update. Ah, so it doesn't have to be plugged into your computer to update it. No, you don't have to plug it into your computer at all. Um, you connect it to the app, and as long as your phone's got 50% battery or more, it will um, it will say, do you want to do your update? You hit yes, and it takes probably five minutes. Mm. Yeah, I'm just looking at the back of the box now because I've literally opened the box once, which was when we were prepping for this, in our incredibly intense prep. Uh, can connect up to 15 other riders with the Edge, where you're limited to four with the Freecom. I'm pretty sure, like, m- for most riders, the Freecom 4X is all you'll really need. Like, it's got good range, it connects up to, like, most of our rides, we've only connected sort of four of us, generally. Like, we've not never really had big groups. We had um, five on our motor camping trip, and that's the biggest yeah. group we've ever had. Yeah, and that was great fun. Um, but, yeah, like, I think... Yeah, they've sort of they've done themselves a disservice by making a really great unit in the 4X. <laughs> um, I actually agree. I think the 4X is absolutely an outstanding unit, not only for the money, but um, like before the Edge came out, that was I was happy with the 4X. 
The only reason I wanted mm, the edge was because I'm that guy that has to have the latest and greatest tech. Um, <laughs> See, if, I didn't even, like, I've been quite happy with, like, knowing I had the Pactwork Bold there, and I was, like, yeah, going for the four the 4X um, because, yeah, I find it, as a unit, easier to use than the um, Pactwork Bold. It doesn't have the flippy aerial, which whenever I try and get the aerial up on the... Um, Pactwork bold. I'm always trying to work out which way do I pull it. How do I un- release this and stuff? And the scroll wheel confuses me from time to time because I'm a simple creature. But yeah, the 4x has been my go-to. It goes on like I put it on my comfy helmet, and I I just as a unit, it's brilliant. It's so simple to use. And I think one of the things that um, those guys were talking about earlier who um, hate having the idea of an intercom or being able to listen to music while you're on the bike. You don't have to actually have anything on there. You can just have it there for an emergency sort of thing, like, oh, shit, I need to call. Or connect it to your phone so you can hear your turn-by-turn navigation. Yeah. like Two more things about these new um, intercoms from Cardo. All the the Spirits, the Freecom Xs, and the Edge, they've all got USB-C, which um, by, by rights is fast charge. So you can get up to 80, 80% of your battery life charged up uh, over lunch if you're on a long ride and it goes flat on you. You can plug them nice. in and use them while they're charging, which is really cool. Um, and there was one other thing that I wanted to mention that slips my mind at the moment. The fact that um, most devices are now going USB-C so you don't have to carry around 15 different cables. Exactly. Uh, so <laughs> I did a trip last year with uh, with Todd where we did the top of the South Island and I got frustrated having to carry around a micro USB, a USB-C, a Thunderbolt to charge my phone um, and, and different wall sockets and everything. We are now... I don't, it's one less cable that I've got to take. It's USB-C. Mm, yeah, it's brilliant. I've, like when I did my road trip to Masterton, I just had the two cables. I had the one for the Cardo and I had the one for my phone. I had one wall charger because, let's be honest, I wasn't going to need to recharge them both at the same time. I did take my um, trusty charge pack with me, but I didn't end up using it. Um, it's, yeah, that's a, it's not to be underestimated, particularly um, I use a tank bag all the time now because I, as a rule I don't particularly like having a backpack on while riding and my tank bag was just a clutter of cables. Um, add to that sort of the other cables I use, so for the DSLR for instance or um, charging cables, <laughs> um, it was a nightmare. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a big plus. We've talked a lot about a charging cable which I think's a bit weird. Oh, hang on. We've both ridden a Pan America and the Sportster S. Did you know that both of those bikes have an auxiliary charging port? I remember reading it. I couldn't find it when I had the Sportster S. I couldn't find it when I had the Pan America, but I found it with the Sportster S. They, they both have USB-C sockets with fast charge on the side of them. Yeah, but you got to have a USB... I'd rather... Uh. It introduces a whole nother level of, of fuckery, doesn't it? Complexity. Yeah, because, like, nobody has... Like, trying to find a USB-C cable just, like, with a regular USB end. Like, what is it, USB 3 end? Like, trying to find one of these at the local servo or supermarket or whatever is a nightmare hard enough. Trying to find one that's USB-C at both ends is... <laughs> like, like uh, I know I have one of those. It's the, one, the cable that plugs my MacBook in. 
but I'm not carrying that meter long nightmare around with me on a bike. And the one final thing I'll say on the Cardos before we end is that the 4X or possibly even the 2X, I think is all most riders will ever need. So when you go, ah, oh, they're so bloody expensive. Um, the Freecom 4X is cheaper than the Talk Bold. Uh, and if you ever need more than two or four riders, you can connect another group by uh, Bluetooth and you'll be away laughing. So um, mm. check out the photos, full specs and full stories at onthrottle.co.nz and motonz.com. Yeah, and we'll obviously be testing the pack talk edges that we've been so uh, kindly given to test out, um, hopefully on our next ride together, which may or may not be sometime in the nearest future. We still have to nut out the nuts and bolts, but it'll be good. Yeah. Um, time is marching on, Matt, and this has gone on longer than I expected, but uh, there are a couple of newsy <laughs> stories that we need to cover. Alrighty. Uh, so, so yes, let's do the news. First story in the news today, Beeline is in New Zealand. Now, Beeline is a little hockey, hockey puck-sized uh, navigation device that I've been using for the last few years, um, or year and a half or so. Um, it looks like a large watch face. You attach it to your bars, gives you turn-by-turn -turn navigation uh, or a compass bearing. Um, you may have seen them in photos or online. They've done a massive... Um, uh, social media marketing campaign over the last year or so. Uh, but we now have a New Zealand agent for Beeline, and that is our friends Darby Accessories, aka motogear.co.nz. Uh, you can find out more information about them. They're IP67 rated. Uh, they're online at Derby Accessories website, which is brand spanking new and uh, was released and went live last Tuesday. Um, but yeah, Ooh. Beeline, very cool, and uh, all the accessories and everything are available. You no longer have to wait two weeks, weeks for international shipping. Epic. Following up on uh, something that's soon to be arrive, I've got a couple of uh, new motorbikes that are soon to arrive. Uh, first off, coming arriving sooner rather than later is Royal Enfield's new Himalayan-based Scram 411 Scrambler. Uh, so uh, last week, uh, Royal Enfield's local distributor, Urban Moto Imports, held a uh, digital launch uh, where a whole bunch of uh, journalists from Asia Pacific were invited along to talk to Royal Enfield and get the goss on it. Uh, big news though is the price. Um, so the Scram 411 is going to kick off at $8,290. That's $8,290 if uh, you don't do hundreds. And... Um, yeah, it tops out at 8,490. Um, heaps of colours available. I think it actually looks really, really cool. Um, I don't know uh, what your thoughts on it are, Ray. few changes from the Himalayan, namely uh, it's now got a 19-inch front wheel rather than a 21-inch, um, and it doesn't have the huge nav tower or windscreen. Uh, they've also tweaked where the handlebars are. It rides a little bit lower. Uh, in the handlebar but the rest of the rider triangle is the same and it has a new one piece seat i'm really looking forward to this i hope uh, i get a chance to ride it hopefully in quick succession after the himalayan i still have not ridden a himalayan ray um, so it'll be something i will be looking forward to 
and uh, another bike out of left field uh, CF Moto has announced the 450SR which is going to be their Kawasaki Ninja Killer so that's going to be powered by a 450cc parallel twin uh, which pumps out 49.6 horsepower 39 newton meters of torque but the big news there um, apart from this bike coming uh, by the end of the year is that this is the engine that will be powering KTM's new 490 range KTM's not said anything really about the 490s but now we know power figures and it's going to be a parallel twin so that's quite interesting very excited that so the 450SR uh, looks like a little GP bike sort of thing it's your little slots in nicely against the Ninja 650 which it'll be uh, going up against uh, has TFT screen Bluetooth connectivity and yeah due here before the end of the year with pricing to be announced closer to the date um, so that's quite exciting I'm looking forward to seeing what um, KTM in particular does with that engine because they have partnership with CF Moto going back quite a few years now so that will be very very cool Something a bit more exciting for, or maybe not a bit more exciting, but something that's equally as exciting for our Australian friends. Not as big a deal for us in Kiwi land. White's Motorcycle Parts, White's Power Sports, whatever you want to call them, uh, they run bits4bikes.co.nz. Um, they've been the exclusive Oxford importer and distributor here in New Zealand for... Oh, probably the best part of eight years. In Australia, they've recently taken over the exclusivity for Oxford as well, uh, which is a bit of a big deal. They, um, they were co-distributors in Australia with another company, but they did so well in New Zealand. Uh, I think it was in, the, uh, in 2001 alone, they grew the... Um, they, they, they had 47% growth. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, they're now the Australasian uh, importers and distributors for um, for Oxford. So uh, you know where to go to get your grips, your heated grips, and your your. What else do Oxford do? They do. I used to have some Oxford pants at one stage. Uh, tank uh, luggage. They do a full range of luggage systems. They also do some bike security gear. Uh, they do quite a big range of stuff um, they do a lot of stuff eh? yeah so yeah, bits for yeah. bikes bits number four bikes.co.nz uh, and that's where you can get all your oxford gear uh, that pretty much wraps up the news and it's been a long one matt but that pretty much wraps up the podcast as well yeah well it's been a while since we had a chat so um yeah naturally it would go over time so um, but it's been good catching up man hopefully we can do this a bit more often now that um our small humans are slightly more predictable in terms of uh, going to bed and staying to bed. Absolutely. And we've got a potential trip on the horizon as well, a midwinter uh, midwinter meander. Yeah, let's call it that. Midwinter meander. <laughs> yeah. yeah, midwinter matariki Moran. Yeah, meander. That's going to be a tongue twister. We should definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, watch this space. But um, if you like this podcast, share it with a writing buddy of yours. If you don't like this podcast, let us know on podcast at kiwirider.co.nz is the email address. We're on social media as well. Uh, not only under Kiwi Rider Podcast, but Matt on throttle.co.nz is your website and social media. You're on Facebook and Instagram as well. I am indeed. And uh, motonz.com is your website, isn't it? It is. Uh, and we're both on YouTubes as well, doing weekly videos on whatever we've got going on in our motorcycling world. So, uh, without further ado, uh, I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. <laughs> <laughs>